Welcome to Postpartum Stories with Steph, candid conversations with mums and sometimes dads about the precious yet chaotic time that is life after birth. My name is Steph, woman, warrior, wife, mother, coffee lover and feminist. I'm a postpartum doula in Melbourne and you can find me on Instagram at postpartum underscore with underscore Steph with a PH. Through this podcast, I will chat to women and birthing people in a real and raw way about their postpartum experience. So sit back, grab a cuppa, even if it's cold, take off your bra and enjoy. episode 21 of the podcast. Today I am joined by Dr. Sophie Brock. Uh, Sophie was on the podcast in episode 18 where she shared her postpartum story but today's episode is a little different where she talks about the work that she does as a sociologist and a motherhood researcher. So we talk a lot about mum guilt, um, about martyrdom and the motherhood penalty. So it's a really, really um, great conversation with Sophie and I think it's something that we can all relate to as mothers. Uh, Just quickly, if you want to work with me in 2021, please go and check out my website, um, find out what I'm offering because things are starting to book out. So that's www.postpartumwithsteph.com and I will leave all of Sophie's details in the show notes. Please uh, leave a five-star review if you enjoy this episode. Um, That helps get the show out to new listeners. I hope you enjoy. Now I, I run a business where, in short, I try and call out the myths of motherhood in our culture. So the ways that our society sets up what it means to be a mother and all of the pressures that women who are mothers face. Um, all of the ways that we're expected to be, that we're expected to mother and all of the pressures and responsibilities that we carry often alone in our motherhood. Um, And my work really tries to bring academic literature and maternal scholarship to a public audience, to a space where we can actually draw on this research and these concepts and this language and, and have a way of accessing and talking about and having conversations about motherhood that are in a totally different realm to what I think is the common narrative of motherhood, which is all about, you know, kind of what I perceive to be sometimes quite trivial um, Mm. on the surface things. Mm. Your podcast is called um, The Good Enough Mother. What is a good enough mother? (laughs) So The Good Enough Mother is a concept that is uh, from a psychoanalyst and a paediatrician called Winnicott. And he came up, so it's in from kind of psychoanalytic theory, but in short, it basically means a good enough mother is a mother who is a human being, who is a flawed, whole, complex, dynamic human being. I think that bringing in the concept of a good enough mother is a way of bringing in humanity into our motherhood because so often as mothers were expected to be these 
uh, self-sacrificial martyrdom mm -hmm. models who just are, are not human, who don't feel the full breadth of human emotion. And if they do, they feel guilt over it. Mm. And so um, a good enough mother is actually a way of uh, relating to our children as well to show them what it means to be a full, flawed, complex human being. It's how they develop resilience. It's how uh, we go into deeper connection with ourselves and with our children. Um, and it's a way of recognizing that actually rejecting the myths of perfect motherhood and rejecting all of the things, all of the shoulds that we're told in doing so, it's not a compromise. We're not saying, Oh, well, I'll just settle for being a good enough mother because I can't mm. be perfect. Mm. It's a way of actually saying, no, even if you could be good enough, even if you could be perfect, which none of us can that's mm. the catch even if you could be that is not what is best for your child they do mm. not need a perfect mother no yeah so in short that's what the concept means so what are some of the main issues that women um come to you with in that they're um being challenged with in motherhood so interestingly, a lot of the times, because um, I run online courses and I, and I offer one-to-one -one mentoring and support. And so some of the courses I offer are around um, managing, dealing with processing anger in motherhood, um, mother guilt, uh, trusting and connecting in with our inner knowing and our intuition when we are dealing with kind of uh, structures and institutions and experts around how we should behave as mm -hmm. women and as mothers. Um, but when women come to me for one-on-one -on -one support, they often actually say a similar thing in that they know they need support and they know that there's something, there's something more they want from their lives, that they want support in how to unravel and explore, but they just, they don't exactly know what they need help with. Mm -hmm. They're reaching out because they know they want help. They know what they want. They know what they want support with, but they can't. Um, they can't always necessarily articulate it. Mm. And interestingly, with most of the women that I work with, regardless of where they're positioned and what their current challenges are, we usually talk about the same things. The work we do is actually pretty similar for each, and it's all about shattering and challenging the myths that surround our experience, all of the shoulds, all mm. of the pressures, all of the judgments, getting clear and solid on what our values are as individuals, because our values are impacted by the shoulds, right? So it's a matter of untangling that and going, well, what do I actually believe? What do I actually want? Mm. And then fostering and facilitating and strengthening our connection with ourselves mm. because we can't be there for our children or our families in the ways that we envision and hope for and in the ways that many of the time, many times they need us to be our kids, right? We can't do that and offer them that connection if we haven't connected in with ourselves, if, if we aren't in our own body and in our own experience and have a way of accessing our own feelings and thoughts and way of being in this world. So that is that's what I support mothers in doing. Mm. Talk to me about mum guilt and what it is, why it, why it is <laughs> and what we can do about it. Sure. So uh, probably anyone who's a mum who's listening to this, 
probably knows what mum guilt is, right? Mm. Because it's seen as almost synonymous with modern motherhood. It's mm. like, well, you're a mum, expect to feel mum guilt. Um, and so it's set up as almost a cultural mandate that if you're a mother, you'll feel guilty. There is some research to say that uh, guilt is, it has a biological basis or a function. And so uh, in my work on supporting mothers through mum guilt, my aim isn't actually to eradicate guilt. Um, it's twofold. One is to shatter the shoulds of, of motherhood that we've internalized and embedded because guilt is a way of keeping us, <laughs> keeping us chained to those expectations. And so guilt is like this little, if you think about it, like a little, little internal police officer in your mind mm. going, Oh, you've slipped up. You're not doing good enough. Mm. Get back on track. Why aren't you doing good enough? And, you know, feel guilty about that. We have that as part of our inner critic, our internal narrative. Um, so that's one aspect of it. And when we work through the big social shoulds and start to break through them, a lot of the time guilt will, there will be a level of guilt, which will just ease. Like some women describe it to me, like, um, we say we we talk through a voxer which is an app where you voice message back and forth because mm. you can do that and they'll say i feel like a, a huge weight's just been lifted off my shoulders or i feel like i've just offloaded that guilt that i've been carrying for so long and it's a different way of seeing so that's one aspect and the other is going if we're going to feel guilt let's use it. Let's actually make use of it. Because if we just sit in guilt and we think, oh, I'm so guilty, I'm feeling terrible, like, oh, just bathing in guilt, what does that do? It's completely self-focused emotion when you're sitting in it in that way. So it's stripping you of your presence with your kids and in your mm -hmm. life. It is, uh, it can be causing you to shift your behavior to try and make up for that guilt. And so you can be almost in this like self self perpetuating cycle of guilt, guilt, guilt. I'll try harder. I'll try harder. Oh, oh, I try and get there. I'm on the pedestal. Oh, now I've fallen off again. Mm. Guilt, guilt, And you just kind of go around. Mm. Um, and so I say, let's use guilt to recognize fundamentally guilt is about our capacity to empathize with others. We wouldn't be able to feel, we wouldn't feel guilty about something if we didn't have the capacity to connect with another. So I recommend three things. One, use guilt to connect in with yourself. So what are your values here? Have you internalized shoulds? What is this teaching you? Is guilt a little red flag here for you to either shift your values or shift your behavior somehow mm -hmm. and to get support with that? The second is to connect in with your children. So to use guilt as a teaching tool for your kids to model for your children, like this is what it looks like to make a mistake and apologize. This is what it looks like to repair after a rupture. Mm -hmm. And the third is to use guilt as a way of solidifying your sense of self. So guilt is important to feel as a mum because it is a way of you actually separating yourself from your child. Mm. That's important for you and your self-identity. It's important for your child because it gives them the opportunity to build and develop their identity separate from you. Mm. And so every time you feel guilt and you go through this process and shake off the shoulds and you're like, oh no, I'm still feeling guilty. Like, what is this here? How is this reflective of, of a value that I... I need to interrogate or shift or what do I need? What can I do differently? What supports and resources could I bring in? Hmm. 
how is guilt operating right now as a little reminder for me that I exist outside of motherhood, mm. that I have desires because I am a person and I'm not just here to serve the needs, desires and wishes of everybody else. Mm. So it's, I think guilt's powerful. Yeah, it is really powerful when you put it that way too, because I think a lot of mothers really struggle to um, feel like they're allowed to, you know, work or they're allowed to go out and have a coffee by themselves or they're allowed to do X, Y, Z without their children. Um, and it can, that can really feed into that martyrdom sort of narrative because, you know, there's, we kind of tell ourselves like, oh, we have to be sacrificing everything in order to be the best mother, best mother. <laughs> um, and it's just not possible. And, you know, we're no good to anyone if we're, if we're not looking after ourselves. Yeah. And so when you said there, um, we're allowed to, if we're allowed to do this or allowed to do that, like I would say, whose rules are you playing by? Mm. Allowed to by who? Mm. Who are you submitting to? Who is your authority? And I think so often we're, we're that, that's how we're socialized. That's mm. how we're socialized in womanhood and in motherhood. And and it's part of going like, I am my own authority. Like I have the capacity and I have the right to write the own rules of my motherhood. Mm. This is my, this is my one shot at this. Like that's what I say to women sometimes. It's like, regardless of how many children you have, if you have one or two or six, every child that you had have, that is your only experience of motherhood that you're going to have every single day. That's all we have. And so I think that it's a tra tragedy that, we can be moving through this world and this society. It is not all on us either, as a side note. But I think that it's a tragedy that we have been fed this lie and led to believe that this is the right way to live our lives and that we're doing it in service of others because it's not in service of them. Mm. It's actually rob it's robbing them. It's mm. robbing our children of the experience of seeing us, seeing their mothers as mm. full and whole people. And there's no dad guilt, right? Like there's no, there's no podcast called the good enough dad or, <laughs> you know, it just doesn't exist um, for, for men in society. And it's almost what well, is a patriarchal kind of thing to keep us small and to, you know, keep us not sort of doing the things that bring us joy. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I, you know, ask your partners if, if you have one, like, do you ever feel dad guilt? Because mm. it could open a really interesting conversation. Um, certainly. I mean, I think there are some fathers who, who do talk about guilt in, in some way, um, but it's their experience of it and their language to describe it. If there is an, if, if there is even this one, it probably isn't. Um, but if they do draw on that language, it'll be very different to the way that mothers talk about guilt. And so that can be a good way of actually opening up conversation with partners around the pressures of motherhood. So how did you go with mum guilt um, in, in, well, how do you go with mum guilt now as a mother? Like, are you able to just Sophie Brock yourself <laughs> the way you do to other women? <laughs> So funny. I didn't understand what you were asking at first. And then I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, look, to be honest with you, and I say this recognising that it might be triggering for some to hear, that I really don't feel much guilt. Mm. Um, I really don't. I, I have it come up, but then I use it. Like I don't ever walk around 
feel or go to work or I'm not motivated by guilt. And if guilt comes up for me, I take it as a really instructive lesson of what has it got to teach me here? Mm. How can I grow from this? How can I use this guilt? Um, So I'll give you like, well, one example of when I was able to just let guilt go was when I first started using childcare Mm. and I felt so guilty about that. And I ran through myself with this, um, this exercise I go through when I support mums in working through guilt. And I recognized all the ways that I had embedded all of these beliefs around me being the best one to care for my daughter and anyone else caring for her was like robbing her of an experience and basically going through a list that I have and flipping each belief and going, how is she benefiting from this? Actually, how could I do things differently? And why aren't I doing things differently? Like all the choices that we make, they are fueled and motivated by our values, even if we don't see them. Mm. Um, and choices are made in a context. Sometimes if I had had a family member who could have cared for my daughter instead of putting her in childcare, then I would have gone with that option, but I didn't at the mm. time. So um, that's a way of really releasing guilt and letting it, uh, guilt go. And, the, and another way can be to go, well, how can I actually shift my behavior um, and open up new possibilities of doing things if I'm feeling guilt about, I don't know, too much screen time or them not eating the foods that, you know, you have prepared for them or whatever it may be, like just asking yourself, okay, what can I let go of here? What can I release and and uh, gift myself and my child through doing that versus or and what can I change? What can I shift? So to do one of the two and not just sit in guilt and just be like, yes, I'm just going to allow this guilt to suck the energy mm. out of me and my family. Cause it does, it can mm. be so depleting. Um, but I also know that the reason why I am at the place that I am around guilt is because I have education and practice in doing this field of work. And I talk to others actually um, who are kind of in motherhood support businesses and we've reflected with each other around our experiences of guilt and why it is different to so many of the women that we support. And, and it is basically just because we've had the support, we've done the work, like, mm. you know, it's not through, it's not through any individual um, deficit or just because someone's better at processing than you, like we're all shaped by our access to resources and, and support. Mm. And it's not as simple as, as being like, well, just don't feel mum guilt. Yeah. Like you said, you have to do the work. You have to think about things a little bit more critically and um, yeah. I've lost yeah. My and look, thought. don't guilt yourself over feeling guilty either. Yeah. Like, you know, or, or feel guilty because you're not feeling guilty. Like mm. oh, this other mum feels guilty about that. And I don't. So what does that mean about me? Like we just trap ourselves. We so we? do. And yeah. it's actually really refreshing to hear you say that you don't feel a lot of guilt. Cause I don't really either anymore. Like I used to definitely. And there's little things that come up from time to time, but um, even just surrounding myself with people who, with women and mothers who um, it's almost like seeing how they do things. It gives me permission to be like, okay, well, and I can do that too. Like my stuff is always about leaving my child. So, um, you know, if I'm going to work or if I want to go and do something for myself and I really have had to work on, that's okay. Like I can go and do that. I'm not going to use the word aloud because, um, That's a bad word, but yeah, it's, it's, it's very complex, but it's great that there's 
um, ways that we can make it work for us. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about the motherhood penalty? What sure. it is and how does it affect us? Sure. Uh, so the motherhood penalty in simple terms uh, is research that finds that women who become mothers are financially and economically penalised, so receive a, a wage penalty in real terms. Mm-hmm. Um, for every child that a woman has, roughly, and, and of course this is you know, statistics, so there's of course individual differences, um, but her wage will drop by a about between one and four percent for each child she has Mm. Uh, whereas fathers receive a wage bonus so when a man becomes a father um, researchers found that perceptions of him uh, are raised so people perceive him to be more competent more reliable uh, more steady more capable whereas a woman who becomes mother is perceived as basically the inverse of those things less reliable less capable Um, less knowing and de-skilled. And so the motherhood penalty is really just a way to put language to that and to recognise that when we're talking about the gendered uh, pay gap and the gaps between women and men in our earning potential and our place in the workplace, that part of that conversation needs to be about motherhood and recognising the ways that uh, women who become mothers experience particular financial disadvantages and marginalisation because of that. Mm. And do you think that that really sort of stems from how we value mothers in society or how we don't value them (laughs) as the case may be? Yeah, I think it stems from a a lot of things. Um, That is definitely one of them. It is around the devaluing of motherhood and I think actually more broadly the devaluing of care work. So work uh, that usually women perform in caring for those who are more vulnerable in our society, whether that be for children, uh, the elderly, those with disabilities. Um, Dependence and care is part of the human condition. We are all vulnerable at some point in our lives, whether it be in infancy through uh, needing extra support if we acquire or are born with a disability, or if we are lucky enough to get to the place where we are um, elderly and we need extra support but I think that we um, we don't like to talk about that we mm-hmm. don't like to voice that or recognize that and it's much easier and it fits in much um, more neatly with our social narrative if we just kind of talk about you know the individual and the individual gains we can make and you know, self-responsibility and um, we kind of just ignore the the dependencies that are inherent in our experience as human beings. And so, yeah, our whole system is is set up in capitalism, you mm. know, liberalism, capitalism, the ideal worker model, like all of that is, is the culture in which we live and the structure, but motherhood is um, a whole different language to that. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please come over and say hi on Instagram. That's where I like to hang out. Uh, My handle is at postpartum underscore with underscore Steph, S-T-E-P-H. That's where I'll be sharing podcast episode updates too. Hope to chat to you soon.